I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The word of God. Have you ever had one of those conversations with someone, uh, and I'm guessing you probably have, where let's say you're talking to them for like an hour and 50, 55 minutes, all they do is talk about their kids or their grandkids? Anyone ever had one of those conversations? Right. I mean, it happens. It happens, right? Uh, the reason I bring it up is, is why do you think they do it? Why do you think that's, that's all they can talk about, their kids, their grandkids? Uh, I, think, I think there's a simple answer. It's, it's because they're madly in love, right? They're, they're madly in love with these people in their life, and they, they love them so much that it has to like come into them, and it flows through them, and it comes out in their words, and when they talk about uh, anything going on in their life, it all ties to, to these really uh, awesome, special people in their lives, and, and you go through one of those experiences. Sometimes you can be like, it'd be nice if you can get me, let me get a word in, um, depending on the person, but, but other times you can just kind of feel their passion, right? You can feel their heart uh, through what they're saying. They just love these other people so much that it's just, of course they're going to talk about them. Of course, it's, it's just natural. It's, it's almost logical that, that, of course, they're going to reach out in that way. But yet, uh, on, the, on the flip side of the same thing, it's interesting that you talk to so many Christians. You talk to so many people that, that claim the name of Christ and it's like you're pulling teeth to get them to bring up Jesus. It's, it's, like, it's like it's everything you can do. It's like they're, they're going like to manipulate the conversation in just the right perfect way that they don't even have to bring up Jesus into the conversation. It's, and yet, uh, these are Christians we're talking about. These aren't just other people in the culture. These, these are people that, that are church-going people. Um, but yet, there's a huge disconnect there, Right? It's not always the same person, but, but when we're passionate about people, when we're passionate about uh, a relationship that we're in, it's going to come up in conversation. But yet, for, for us Christians, it, it can be hard because, because we don't want to offend someone. We don't want to feel like we're being preachy. I'm, I mean, I'm up here preaching, but, you know, that's kind of how it works. You don't want to, you're like, we'll save that for Pastor John. Uh, Maybe, maybe, just maybe, I can get someone to like go to church and then they can like hear the sermon. But, but like from me, like I don't know. And and, and we kind of go through all this this mental gymnastics and and all these these words of like how how can I not bring up Jesus in the conversation? I'm not talking about any of you. There's just other other fictional Christians, right? But but. You know, we're entering into this new sermon series. It's called Bless, as you've probably guessed. Uh, 
And this Bless sermon series, it's, it's about how do, we, how do we get past that as people of God? How do we, how do we get past this idea of, uh, I want these people in my life to know Jesus. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm connected with him. I know that he's my savior. I know, I know that that's a big part of my life, but yet it feels so awkward to then reach out through that and, and really bless other people. And there's, there's ways that we can bless others. We can pray for them, uh, and that's really good. We can, we can be good listeners. We can uh, listen to them. We can serve them in, in different ways. We can eat meals together. We can do this kind of stuff. But, but if Jesus is real, if, if the good news of the gospel is real, then as Christians, it should be one of our highest priorities that, that we need to somehow partner with God and have these other people in our lives, these, these family members, these, these neighbors, these loved ones, these acquaintances, these co-workers, we need them to know who Jesus is. That's, that's the biggest blessing we can get. Um, and this isn't, um, this isn't like a sermon series that's only for the extroverts. All right? <laughs> this isn't a sermon series that's like, if you're outgoing enough, then go ahead and listen for the next five weeks. Uh, but if you're not, you know, I don't know, stick with prayer. It's like, I mean, I kind of want, a, just to be honest, there's a little bit inside of me that, like, I feel a little more comfortable with that. I kind of want to be able to say, like, you just lean into your own gifts. Do, do how, you know, you're equipped and, and just lean into that. And, and that sounds okay until I start to read the Bible. That it sounds okay until I start to look into Scripture and I say, what, what does God call his people to do? What does Jesus tell his people to be like in the world? How are they supposed to interact with those around them? And that, that whole thing of, of splitting it up, you're gifted for this, you're gifted for that. I mean, yes, there are spiritual gifts, but, but Scripture seems pretty clear on what the role of a Jesus follower is in a culture. What the role of, a, of someone who follows Christ, what the role of that is in a family. What the role of that is in a community. And we're called to be blessings to other people. Um, and, and the end result of that blessing is that we're called to, to present to other people this relationship with Jesus. And, and I already see some of you are like, it kind of gets you like right here in the chest. You're like, oh, I don't know about that. It makes, it's beyond my comfort zone. I, again, you continue to read in the Bible, I don't, I don't know how concerned God is always about our comfort zones. I feel like we're, we're pretty concerned. I, I'm speaking for myself. I know I'm pretty concerned about, like, what am I comfortable with? Am I, am, I, am I in my bubble? Am I outside of my bubble? You know, do I feel good about this? And then I read Scripture, and it's just like God says, go out there and, and tell them who Jesus is. How else will the world know? How else will they know? God, God uses people to bless other people. And when you become his follower, it's, it's kind of part of the equation. It's kind of part of the equation. It's part of what you're called to be. In our scripture reading today, uh, here we are in the Gospel of John, chapter 17. Uh, we find Jesus, and he's in his final hours of his life uh, on earth here. And, and he spends time, and in, in what you would expect Jesus to do is what he does. He spends time in prayer. 
in that time. So he's in his final hours of his life, uh, right here in the Gospel of John, chapter 17. This is the longest prayer that is recorded in Scripture of Jesus. So the longest prayer of Jesus. Uh, and we get a little glimpse into his heart. What was he thinking about in that moment? It's, it's leading up to his death on the cross, and, and he comes before God in prayer. And what does he pray about? In a really fascinating way, he prays for his disciples. He prays for the other people around him. He prays for his followers. And then, and then right at the end of the prayer, in verse 20, he expands that. And he says, my prayer is not for them alone, meaning his, his disciples, his followers, the ones that are with him right now. My prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message. If you are a Christian, Jesus is praying for you. There's a few times in Scripture he does this. It's a beautiful thing. It, it's, it's recorded. Jesus Jesus. I don't know if he was on his knees or or what kind of position he was in, but he was praying to God, and he prayed for you right now. He prayed for the church. He prayed for people that will be his followers, both both the ones that were currently with him and the ones that will believe because of their message. I I find this so encouraging. This is is really exciting stuff in Scripture. So, So what does Jesus pray for? What does he want for them? Well, first, he prays for protection. He prays for unity. He prays that they might be one. In verse 13, he says, I'm coming to you now, speaking, speaking to God. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in this world so that they may have, they is us, right? <laughs> so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Jesus' Jesus' desire in this prayer is for you to have joy. This this isn't some uh, sermon where it's like Jesus Jesus only cares about your happiness. He's not talking about your comfort. He's not talking about uh, that your life is going to be easy. He prays that you would have joy, that it would be joyful. We lose a little bit in translation here. Another translation words it this way. I kind of like it. It says, He prays so that they may have the fullness of his joy. The fullness of his joy. The difference between having joy and having the fullness of Jesus' joy is like the difference between having a cup of water and having a well. Do you get that? There's a big difference. He's not just saying like, oh, I want them to be happy sometimes. I want them to to have... uh, pleasure, for their life to be easy, for, the, for this to be simply saying, no, I want them to have access to the joy. I want them to have access to the source of all this. How can they, how can they live a life that is characterized by this joyful life? And, and I, don't know about, I don't know about you, but like, I want that. Right? I read this and I'm like, yes, yes, bring it on. Bring it on, Jesus. <laughs> give, give, me that, give me that sweet joy. Give me that fullness of joy, but how do we do it? How do we get there? We continue reading in Scripture, and it's not probably the way that you think. Verse 18. Jesus, Jesus tells them, it's, it's in these words. He says, As you have sent me into the world, 
so I have sent them into the world. The source of this joy, the source of this meaningfulness, this this life characterized by joy is, is that they are sent to be on mission out into the world. He says the reason that he has joy is that he's on mission in the world. He's doing something. He's trying to do the Father's will in the world. And and he says for each one of us, he prays that we would have the same fullness of joy. That we would be sent on mission too. That we would be doing something. We wouldn't be sitting in neutral. That we won't just be idling there. That we won't just be going through life and kind kind of coasting along but that we would be people on mission for Jesus, people on mission for the good news of the gospel in the world, and that in that, it would start to transform us to be people of joy in the world. So it feels a little backwards on how you get there. How do you have this joyful life? How do you have this meaningful life? It's by not doing an easy life. It's by going out and saying, I'm not just going to have life be hard because I want it to be hard, but I'm going to go and I'm going to actually like, love people closer to Jesus. And even if that's not comfortable, maybe that puts me into a neighborhood that I don't feel comfortable being in. And Jesus is like, well, at the end, there's going to be joy. Maybe there's, maybe there's risk involved. You know, there's really not any times in the Bible where people go on these kind of missionary journeys and there's no risk. It just doesn't happen. There's no times where they go on and it's just like, well, that, and it all went well. It was easy. It's like, no, they, they go out into a, into a hurting world and then, then hurt people, start hurting them. And I don't know how many towns Paul gets run out of where they're going to like stone him. Uh, they're literally going to kill him and then he leaves and goes to like the next town. Right, but he lives a, a life on mission. He lives a meaningful life. So joy and mission... They're, they're like woven together in Scripture. But yet sometimes I, I, I know it feels like our lives can lack joy. They at least can kind of lack a sense of purpose. What am I doing? Why am I here? These are, these are common questions that we all ask ourselves. We all ask our loved ones, what, what is my purpose? What am I doing? What, what am I supposed to be accomplishing? You know, if you find yourself in that rut, it might be because you've been living for yourself. It might be because you've been living with no higher mission than yourself. We weren't made to chase after money. We weren't made to chase after houses. We weren't made to chase after security or finding Mr. Right or or Mrs. Right. We weren't made to just chase after these earthly things. The reason that falls short, the reason that feels hollow is because we were made for more. We were made for more, especially when we we accept Christ and we're like, I want to follow you. It's really hard to follow Jesus and then stay still. It's really hard to follow after Christ and then, and then just kind of sit there. We are made for nobler things than that. The old quote goes, if you're, 
your goal in life is to be happy, you will never be happy. <laughs> and it's true. If your goal in life is, is just to seek after things that maybe give you pleasure or, or give you uh, some sense of joy, you're just, you're just going after those cups of water. And, and each one is okay, but you're missing out on the whole well. You're missing out on the source of it. On, on, you're going to seek your blessing instead of the one who's blessing you. I said it earlier, but this life, this life on mission isn't easy. There's no promise that it'll be easy. It'll be hard work, and it'll have sacrifice. And Jesus is clear about that. He doesn't send us out to convenient places with cushy missions. Jesus sends his disciples to the hopeless and to the helpless to bring hope, to be people of hope into those hurting situations. He sends his disciples into broken places in the world with hurting people and with struggling people to be people of peace, to be peace, people of restoration, people of healing, people of wholeness. And it's, and it's right in that hardship, right in that hard time, that all of a sudden it flips around and we find the joy. That we find the joy in those same moments as we interact with people, as we love people, as, as we uh, point people closer to Jesus. Jesus actually saves us to be on mission. In the church, we often talk about Jesus saving us like from something. Like, like I, I'm, and it's true, you know, I was, I was dead in my sins, and then Jesus saved me from that, and now I have this new reality, and that's true. You know, I was, I, was, uh, I was a sinner, and I'm saved out of that situation. But he's actually not just saving you just from that. He's putting you into something else. He's saving you for something, at the same, for a purpose. It's not just like, leave that old way behind, and then now you're just good. Leave that over, and then, then it's just like, now, yeah, coast to the end. It's like, that, that's not an exciting good news. I mean, it's great. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful in so many ways. Yes, leave that old way behind. It's, it's this, this wonderful message, but if you're just being saved to so then just sit around, um, that, that's not, that doesn't energize us. There, of course there's no joy in that. Now we're just going to seek after things. He actually saves us for something. He saves us for mission. He saves us for blessing other people, for loving other people, for pointing other people towards Jesus. In our country, there's, there's become this trend, and it's really ramped up. As you look at research, it's really ramped up in the last 30, 35 years. Um, and it's gotten to the point where if you ask Christians, like in a survey, they did it, they asked uh, many, many Christians, they said, would you say your faith is primarily about you and your relationship with God, or is it primarily like, um, like you and other people, and we're all doing this together, and, and you all have kind of a, a relationship with God? Like, is it, is it just like you and God, and that's it, and you're just like in the front seat of the car, and you're just like, driving your truck out to the sunset. Um, you know, kind of, I don't know, one of the books calls it cowboy Christianity. 
It's just me and Jesus, and here we are, and, and we're just going down this dirt road, and, and that's about it. And we've gotten to the point where most people say, yeah, that's, that's mostly what Christianity is. It's just about me. It's about me and Jesus, and, and then we just, we just go. Of course that's important. I mean, obviously your relationship with Jesus is important, but, but to say that ranks higher than, than Jesus calling you into something new, calling you into a new community, calling you into a new worldview. How do you view the world around you, calling you into a new way of life, calling you to be people who are sent out with the good news of who Jesus is into a hurting world. The truck doesn't just drive off into the sunset. It's driving somewhere. It's going somewhere. It's on mission. It's a, it has a purpose. God blesses us so that we can turn around and we can bless other people. And it isn't always easy. It's not supposed to be. Is it? it's never, there was never the promise of easy. I just think way back in the Old Testament, Abraham and Sarah, and they're, they're called to leave everything. They're called to leave what's familiar. They're called to leave what's comfortable and, and what's convenient, and they're called to go somewhere new. And living a life of mission is rarely comfortable. And it's rarely convenient. And it will almost never be painless. And it takes risk. And it takes sacrifice. But, but Jesus tells us that the end result is joy. Jesus, he, he also makes it clear. It's going to be worth it. That, that's what he prays for his people. He's, I want them to live this kind of life out in the world. So we are in this bless series. We're looking at our, ourselves and we say we have been blessed. So how do we turn around and bless others? Uh, and the end, the end, where we're going, this last S, uh, in a few weeks, that's share your story. Share your story about what Jesus has done in your life. Share your story about, about what God has been up to. But we're going to take this many weeks to get there. So today we're actually right here. We were joking before, like, do we put a light here? How do we get a spotlight on it? Uh, we're in the B week. <laughs> the B stands for begin with prayer. Begin with prayer. I'm sure you're in the same boat. I, am. I, have, I have family members who don't know Jesus. People really close to me that don't know Jesus. I have friends that... Um, that we know quite well. And, and we even joke about it at home. We're like, they would make such good Christians. They really, they have the heart. They love people. They love serving. But they don't know Jesus. And, and it starts to break your heart, right? I have family, I have friends. I, I, I certainly have neighbors. We have, we have acquaintances that they just don't know who Jesus is. So the first step of how do we even move towards share your story is that we begin with prayer. Step one, begin with prayer. We don't, we don't start with critiquing them. We don't start even with convincing them or with convicting them or with engaging them in conversation yet 
You don't even have to do that. This is, this is week one. Save your anxiety for here. <laughs> that, that can wait. Today we're starting in prayer. Today we're starting by coming for God, before God just, just like Jesus did and, and praying for these people in our lives. And, and as a church, we're all going to do this together. So there's, there's different uh, bulletin inserts that you'll have for each week that go with each of these letters. Maybe I'll just tell you what each letter is. I won't leave you hanging. Uh, so we got begin with prayer. We have listen with care. We have eat together, one of my favorites. Uh, eat together, but that's just, that's just about that practical time together. Eat together, serve each other. And then finally share your story. So all of these get you to this point. They get you. They're not, it's not some manipulative process of, of tricking your family member into telling them about Jesus. It's about blessing other people. It's about, by the time you get there, they're like, yeah, I want to know what's up with you. There's something different about you. Other, other people in my world, they don't, they don't treat me. This. They, don't, they don't like help serve me. They don't feed me. And, and most people in the world, they don't listen well. They don't actually listen to like learn about someone else. And, and they don't even know it, but you've been praying for them too. And then by the time you get to this, this share your story, their ears are open. And we've been praying this whole time. And we pray for God to be opening their heart. So I would like each of you to commit... Uh, and I'm going to commit also to praying for five people in your life. Praying for five people. So in your bulletin, uh, and we have more of these inserts that the ushers uh, can give out if we need it. Uh, there's this bless uh, card. And it has some, some good stuff there. It has all the, the letters that I just read. But on the back, uh, there is two bookmarks. And they're made that you can tear them out. So listen carefully, because this part gets a little tricky. All right, I think you can handle it, but it gets a little tricky, all right? These bookmarks are going to have the same list of five people on them. This isn't like your bookmark and your neighbor's bookmark. All right, so, so if you've got like one bulletin for your family, uh, in just a minute, uh, Jimeline's going to come up. She's going to play some music. You just raise your hand. The ushers will bring you more. Uh, we have plenty of them printed off. But you're going to write your five people that you want to be praying for. And then you're going to write the same five people on this side. The reason being is, is you're going to tear them in half. One of them you're going to keep because you've got to remember your five people. right? You're committing to praying for them every morning is what you're doing. So every morning, at least this week, but, but ideally through this whole series and, and beyond, uh, you're going to be praying for these people. Sometimes you pray for people for like two days and God opens doors and all of a sudden uh, you can connect with them. Other people I have prayed for for years. And I trust God is doing something. Uh, but we just need to lean on him. So you're going to have the same thing written on both. Later on in the service, when you come up uh, for communion, I want you to bring with the one that says church copy. So on the right, the left one says my copy. right one says church copy. I want you to bring that with. And after we take communion, then you'll place it in this uh, wooden... 
I was going to say trough, but that sounds like a box. Box sounds better. Put it in the, the, the feeding trough. No. <laughs> uh, put it in this wooden box. Um, we're, how, this, how this works, it's actually a really cool thing. So uh, churches all around the denomination do this blessed series, uh, and they do it uh, every year. There's, there's been a number of years it's been going on. I think it has happened here at chapel a number of years ago. Um, and, and they collect one of them. With the names on, I'll, I'll, we need his name. I don't know all the. I don't need all the details. Uh, we're just going to simply count how many people are being prayed for. So I'm not like checking up on who's on your list, um, but we're just going to count the amount of people. We'll know that we have, I don't know, 500 people that we're praying for as a church. Um, those I will bring with to the, the denomination's uh, annual meeting, and all the pastors do that go, and they bring these bookmarks, and they all get beautifully woven into like this tapestry. Uh, of all these names that people from all over the United States, all over Canada, uh, are praying for. And it is a really meaningful thing. Uh, I've gone up to it and just, just prayed for it before, and uh, it, is, it is a beautiful uh, image. So that's what will happen uh, eventually with your bookmark. But again, you'll write the same list of five people on both um, If you're joining us online, um, this is good to know. Like, please do this also. Just, just email us. Your five. I will take a bookmark myself and write it down. It will all be my handwriting. Uh, but I will write it down. So if you're joining us online, just simply chap- or office at chaplinthepines.org. Uh, we'll send it there, and then we'll get them all written down so they can join uh, in this. And then these will stay up here uh, in future weeks. Some of you may be thinking... Uh, that you're not sure what to pray or how to pray. Maybe that's, uh, maybe that's newer for you. Maybe when it comes to this kind of directly focused on a person, you know, we, we can kind of think of some words, but it uh, gets hard. There's actually on the back of each one of these, uh, there's some prayer suggestions uh, that are good. But I'm just going to do, uh, I'm just going to list off some simple prayers that come from Scripture. Um, that I think will be meaningful. Some of them are, are on there, but other ones aren't. When it comes to these people in your life, pray that the Father will draw them to Jesus. It's a simple prayer. But just pray that the Father will draw them closer to Jesus and, and whatever's going on in their life. Pray that they would clearly experience God's love. Uh, some way, some, somehow, something going on that God, will, that God will intervene in a way and they would clearly experience his love and maybe even recognize it uh, as the love of God. Pray that they will become receptive to God's grace, to God's mercy, to, to the joy that, that God could have for them. If, if this could only be uh, where they're at. Pray for their heartfelt conviction of sin and their need for God. That they become aware that, that they cannot save themselves. That no matter how, how good they become, that they will never measure up and they are in need of a Savior. They're not in need of becoming a better and better person. They're in need of Jesus. Pray for them to take genuine steps of repentance. Repentance meaning, meaning turn around. 
that whatever's going on in their life, that, that they were able to genuinely turn back to God and, and walk closer to Him, knowing and trusting that God uh, will be there. And ultimately pray that they will develop a heartfelt and willful belief in acceptance of Jesus as their King and as their Lord. Pray for a heartfelt conversion that they, would, that they would be able to experience, that this would be a new part of who they are, that they'd be able to live uh, into this mission alongside us instead of, instead of people that we are reaching out to, that they could be partners in ministry, reaching out in the same settings, whether it's, whether it's into this family uh, that you're praying for, into your neighborhood, into your loved ones, whoever it is, that they would become partners in ministry instead of people that you're reaching towards.